break through, you break through all the hardness. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the word that created the heavens, the word that maintains it. God speaking to me today about Korah's rebellion. Now, Korah's rebellion is a lot closer than you think. It's a people that denied the creation story of Genesis. You realize that's what caused Korah's rebellion? <laughs> We're creationists. We hate Darwinism. It's all lies. He did not evolve from chimpanzees. God created you in his image. We believe that. But there's a level of faith in the Genesis account that's a little different than creationism that's taught in current Christianity. It's an understanding of creation. It's an understanding of Genesis. Not just taking it for granted, not just living under the sun, as Solomon says, or Apostle John in Revelation 12, clothed in the sun, standing on the moon. Not just taking for granted these verses, but beginning to experience them for ourselves. Experiencing creation in the Word of Creator, Jesus Christ, for a different wisdom that is from above and not below, that will teach us how to be a government to govern day, to govern night, as Moses and Aaron did on the mountain, as the 70 elders did when they ascended on sapphire pavement, eating with Jesus Christ face to face, descending on the mountain and sharing the story with everyone in the earthly realm. A ministry of ascension and descension. A ministry of rising and Holy Ghost falling in this place. <laughs> and the glory fell. There's a holy falling that has nothing to do with the devil. 
there's a falling of every good and perfect thing from God that comes down from our Father in heaven in whom there is no shadow no variation no repentance of turning a perfect word our daily bread eating in the wilderness no longer now eating on the mountaintop solid meat for the mature down below you get a different food as it is written the Gentiles eat the scraps off of Israel's table for even dogs eat the scraps off the table Canaanite woman with a daughter demon possessed her low stance her humility caused Jesus to leave his timeline with the Jewish race I'm not sent to Canaanites I'm sent to the lost sheep of Israel it is written nevertheless this salvation would later on go to the Gentiles so Jesus healed her anyway <laughs> <laughs> just goes to show you can move the heart of God if it's in his eternal plan past for not all that is in the past is God's will not all that's in the present is God's will and you can change the future to God's will that's what the creation account can do restore all things govern day govern night remove the sins of nations baptizing them in the name of the Father Son and Holy Ghost you can remove the sins of the Ojibwe nation you can remove the sins of Sioux nation you can remove the sins of Apache Nation. You can remove the sins of the United Nations. You can remove the sins of the USA and everything in it. If you learn how to baptize from the true creation story, there is a creation account here that would cause creationists to manifest that it would very stretch you in the ability of God's original design of Genesis God wants to mature you into a place of understanding Moses Revelation 15 overcomers singing what song the song of the Pentateuch now I know in the hyper grace movement of universalism out here we're against Moses, we hate Moses, a lot of Christians against Moses, it's just everywhere, it's like a plague. I mean, if you walked in one-tenth of what Moses walked in, you'd be in a Goshen right now. <laughs> 
But Christianity, for some reason, has gotten so far from Genesis, creation and the Creator and what it actually says in the first five books of the Bible, not interpreted through the Old Testament, but through the New Testament. If you read Revelation 15, Moses is standing with Jesus in the same kingdom, on the same mountaintop, and the Bible says the overcomers of whatever you need to overcome are singing a song. Anybody know what song that is? The Bible says it's the song of Moses. We like to skip that part, go right into the song of the Lamb, but the Lamb fulfills the law and it doesn't do away with it. And Jesus, the Lamb of God, said that Moses would be your accuser. Now we say Satan's the accuser. What happens if you get rid of the fallen angels? What happens if you get rid of the demons, the evil spirits, and Cain, and all hell, and all that? And you're just with Moses and the Lamb on Zion. That light is the great judgment seat of Christ. White throne. Not man's throne, pale throne. Not human throne. The throne of God. The throne and the source of the rivers of Shekinah light and glory. Now how much of that light can you contain in that body your spirit's in right now? Can you glow with a face like Stephen before an earthly Sanhedrin, an earthly interpretation of the Bible? Can you stand up against the below realm when God's asking you to overcome and demonstrate and shine forth from above? When the dove was released from Noah's ark, and these are the days of Noah, the dove descended from the ark to find a resting place. It's an illustration of releasing the Shekinah glory. When it comes out of the ark of your sanctification, your purification, your overcoming of testings and trials and temptations and tribulations and everything you go through for the price of the presence to dwell in God's holy glory on the mountaintop. Will we be a resting place on the mountains of our societies, containers of the white dove? How much? Is there a cap? Do you know your current measure? Are your justice scales accurate inside and out? Or do you esteem yourself more highly than you ought? We get accused of everything under the sun every day. The issue is, who's the judge? The Bible says Jesus and his Shekinah white throne is the judgment seat. Which means if you allow the word like Moses to accuse every area of transgression, every area where a stone has been unturned, every area where you're imperfect, to just burn it out of you. You know, we say the accuser is always Satan, 
Jesus said in the Bible the accuser would be Moses. It's not Satan. In the kingdom of heaven, it's not Satan. In the kingdom of heaven, it's a righteous purging, cleansing, a washing of the water of the judgment of God's word. When you're cringing at judgment, it's because you're a container of darkness. When you're rejoicing in judgment, it's because your body, your temple, is a container of golden commandments. Commandments of light from Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. While I am in the world, I am the Shekinah of the world. Light, Jesus Christ, red letters. I am going away, but my word I have given to you. Amen. And the word that the Lord Jesus Christ breathed upon his disciples was the container of the golden commandment inside the temple of their human bodies. These men and these women were the temples of the glory of the commandment of God. A different system. Now Moses was a container, we know that, because his face shone like an angel. That they say, hide us from the face of Moses, for he is shining in the Shekinah. If anyone sees God, we're going to die. God was being seen through a man's face. Now we got Stephen. God is being seen through a man's face. One of the apostles? No. A servant of tables and a young man in the Lord in his 20s. What did he have? Great wisdom, the Bible says. Now, we've been teaching this for months. There's wisdom and there's great wisdom. I know wisdom refers to everything up into Noah and previously. Why? Because I've searched it out like a good Berean. Wisdom up until the time of Noah, if you studied out, especially in the book of Jasher, Kenan had great wisdom. This was the wisdom of the Garden of Eden. This was the wisdom of the Garden of Righteousness. It was the wisdom of Enoch. It was the wisdom of Jared. It was the wisdom of Mahalalel. It was the wisdom of Kenan, not to be confused with Canaan or Cain. It was the wisdom of Enosh. It was the wisdom of Seth. And it was the wisdom of Adam, the son of God. <laughs> now Adam's over 900 years teaching his generations, stretching out all the wisdom of the Garden of Eden. Now, his teaching was so accurate, so truthful, so great, that a man who believed the word and teaching of Adam, the Bible says, Enoch, seventh from Adam, who believed all the teachings of his righteous bloodlines, got back into the Garden of Eden and never died. So, what's the end result of faith and obedience? The last curse swallowed up in victory. 
They did it in the Old Testament. We have yet to do it in the New Testament, and yet we call it a perfect covenant. And it is. The issue is, we haven't believed perfectly. We haven't walked perfectly. We haven't understood perfectly. We haven't manifested the light of His glory in the perfect measurement of His outreign brilliance. Like Jesus in Hebrews 1.3 the exact measurement of the Father's glory is what it says in the Bible. We've had a little bit. We've had Azusa Street. We've had William Seymour. We've had hide-and-go-seek and painting on body parts 100 years ago. In 10 years, 1906 to 1916 in Los Angeles, California. We've had the Pentecostal movement, the healing movement of the 50s and 60s, the charismatic movement. We've had a lot of awesome stuff and the charismatic church since then, from Catherine Kuhlman to the Kansas City prophets to the glory stream to the present manifestation of the sons of God coming forth in the wisdom of the ages. But I tell you the truth, this leap now is greater than all the previous leaps of all the previous generations. This is a leap unto the sun. This is a leap into the creation that was rejected by Korah's rebellion. And I need to bring that up because there is a lot of people that claim to be Christian here that reject Creator and creation's ability. And yet that's how Adam was created at the first. Take dominion. Take dominion. Let us create man in our image, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and let him have kingdom business, dominion over creation. Now we like to say that's creation over snakes and squirmy toads and squirrels and raccoons and deer season. But is it also dominion over the sun, moon, and stars? That's where they freak out. Enoch said, a generation of iniquity would be the enemies against the stars that Enoch was in with the holy angels. You need to understand some biblical vocab. Stars, about 100% of the time, mean angels. And angels mean stars. And they're used synonymously in every biblical text known to man. Truth in you. The issue is, we're so paranoid down here from the abuse of sorcery, we're scared of righteousness. That ain't going to get us anywhere, people. Just because Cain's seedline and his father's Satan and the angels and his offspring, demons and evil spirits, have abused all of God's creation, doesn't mean that God's creation is not to be used by God's sons and daughters. In fact, to not use God's creation is the very sin of Korah's rebellion. We like to say Korah's rebellion is this, that, and the other thing related to our human experiences, our churches on our street corners, and dumb it down to a human level. Was it anti-divine ability? Was Korah's rebellion anti-Torah, anti-Moses' teaching? And what did Moses write? the entire creation story of the Bible. And the creation story clearly says God 
created man in his likeness and image in the cosmic celestial realm to have dominion by all of its light over the terrestrial earthly realm. Jesus Christ, red letters, the one that fulfills Torah, Moses, Jesus said, I am from above. You are from below. Now, what was the reference? What is the above and what is the below? It's the cosmic and the earthly. In the teachings of the Messiah, red letter ministries, there is always a division between the celestial and the terrestrial. We often reject these things and stick to the terrestrial because that's the practice of iniquity when you're under the fallen angels and that's common to men. That's the common thing you're going to do when you're not discipled accurately in the red letters of Jesus Christ. You're not going to divide the heavenly from the earthly. You're going to practice the earthly and teach the earthly, which is the sin of iniquity. Iniquity is the forfeit of the above realm and having a counterfeit of it in the below realm. And saying you're from beloved like the Israelites, you're, they're like, oh, we are the children of Abraham. Blah, blah, blah. We're from above. Who do you think you are? All those same arguments are inside every single Christian's hearts. Truth and yeah. Until they're circumcised in their heart and realize you're not being condemned by Moses. You're being discipled by Moses by the judgment of the throne of the heavenly realm seated with Christ in heavenly places. White throne judgment seat of Christ judging you from the heavenly place upon the face of the earth to loose you from the earthly. Seven churches of Asia Minor. Seven churches of the earthly. Now it's apostolic. Signs and wonders. Miracles and healings. Galore. It's as charismatic as it gets in those seven churches if you read the Bible. Planted by all the apostles of the Lamb. Don't get more accurate than that. Yet, Jesus is not okay with it. You notice that? Woo! And this is where you get them just weeping and gnashing their teeth. Jesus was not okay to, a, for a, to have an apostolic, prophetic, signs and wonders, charismatic, perfect, earthly church. No. He was not okay with it. He says, you must come up here. Revelation 4.1 It's a commandment, y'all. It's a commandment to rise out of the perfect, charismatic, earthly into what is actually perfect. That above realm. The cosmic, heavenly, creator's station. This is what Korah's rebellion is all about. It's insisting on the earthly, apostolic, which is the false apostolic. It is insisting on the earthly charismatic, the earthly prophetic. Now, if you have heard the heavenly witness, the angel preaching the gospel in the mid-heavens, Revelation says, if you have heard the celestial and denied the celestial, insisted on the terrestrial, what happened to Korah's rebellion? Eaten up into hell 
alive, it is written, and all their possessions, all their house, a denial of the cosmic, of the abilities of Jesus Christ and Moses on this holy mountain, is you will never be on the holy mountain. You understand that? And the mountain that you're on right now is the mountain of the Tower of Babel of human iniquity, which is human spirituality that comes in the guise of divine Shekinah. Potent sorcery deceived all nations, the Bible says. Mm -hmm. So we're just fearful about everything we don't understand. Not Moses. Not the holy mountain. Not Enoch. Not Elijah. No apostles had any fear in them whatsoever, if you read the Bible, except the false apostle. All they're doing is representing a greater Shekinah, Shekinah to Shekinah, glory to glory every day in the New Covenant. Raising the standard, judging the world. And if you read the Bible, every single apostle, 22 in the New Testament, had a promised land that's called celestial. Celestial garments. Apostle Paul's promised land. Apostle John's promised land, come up here, stand on the moon, be clothed in the sun, wear a crown of 12 stars, over Comersville. A realm where people are no longer touched and plagued by anything below. Now the way is narrow and few find it. And when the few find it, you think the majority repents? Nope, the majority persecutes. Truth in you. You think the majority, oh, Revelation of the ages, Shekinah to Shekinah, glory to glory, God inside minded, temple filled with glory, full of daily bread, mountain top to mountain top like Elijah. And who's standing on the mountain with Elijah? The Bible tells you zero people, zero people on Mount Carmel, only Elijah versus literally all the people. It's like, oh, there's a remnant hasn't bowed their knees to the bales. Well, they weren't there. They're not on the mountain, according to the Bible. They're not there. They can talk about it. They can watch it on YouTube. They can watch it on Facebook. But you weren't there. Truth on you. You were in your own place, doing your own thing. You're with Elijah. You believe in Elijah. You're with Elijah. There's a remnant of Elijah company in this place. Wonderful. You'll have rewards for that. Maybe... After Elijah comes down off of Mount Carmel, destroying the prophets of Baal and Asherah, you'll get some of his mantle. Maybe a double portion. Maybe you'll have your own confrontations. Maybe you can sick two female bears on 42 boys and eat them to death. Loose. <laughs> People are like, that was unrighteous. Well, I believe that's righteous. Most people disagree with me, so what, is, what does that matter? I believe that the righteousness of God kills unrighteousness. Now, righteousness has an oil in it. I have anointed you with the oil of joy beyond your fellow kings. If you do one thing, hate. That's what the Bible says. Hate wickedness, love righteousness. God, therefore your God, will anoint you with the oil of joy beyond your fellow kings. 
Now, if you don't hate wickedness, unrighteousness, and I'm not talking about just being angry and human emotions. I'm talking about the Shekinah's opinion about things here. I'm talking about the man of fire on the mountain that Moses talked to. You know, Jesus is a righteous lawgiver, lion of the tribe of Judah, and we're not at all familiar with him in this generation. Not like we're going to be. We like the lamb version, like we talked about yesterday, which is the version of Jesus Christ we can control. My little lamb Jesus. Isn't that how it is? Blanky Jesus. Pacifier Jesus. We like baby Jesus because we're still in control when he's in baby form. When he grows up, he's rebuking his mom. A little bit harder to handle. Who is my mother, my brother, my sister? He who does the will of my Father in heaven is like, oh, shoot. And Mary goes home that day as not the mother of Jesus. And that's what the Bible says. We like a Jesus that we can control. Now, what we don't like, and I've dealt with this 10,000 times, 10,000 times, is a Jesus that is more powerful than every demon, devil, Cain's bloodline, more powerful than Moses and Enoch, more powerful than sun, moon, and stars, brighter than noonday sun, levitating 20 feet off the ground, Jesus brighter than the sun in Acts chapter 9, Jesus, that's confronting the head of the earthly Sanhedrin's enforcement of the Jewish religion, Saul of Tarsus, and slaughtering him. Like, we have a problem with that because that makes everything human and earthly utterly worthless and exposes it as a complete pile of manure, which is Paul's later testimony of his Jewish life in Judaism as a Pharisee. As a Pharisee murderer? No, he says as a perfect Pharisee of Pharisees. In keeping with the law, perfect. But did he really keep the law? Was it written on his heart? Only on his flesh. <laughs> he only kept it in dead letter. Therefore, the fruit of dead letter is always death. And that's mostly what we've had in Christianity. Earthly dead letter interpretation dead letter ministries mm -hmm. for accurate that's most of what's out there unless it's shekinah glory unless it's hatched and celestial is it even a word from god above or is it just man down below reading the bible and spitting it out like flesh which is called blasphemy the beast giving a voice to utter what scripture apart from the spirit hello what is blasphemy? The Word of God without God. Anybody read the Bible where it says that that's all Satan did to Jesus Christ? Was quote scripture without Holy Spirit? The only activity mentioned in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of Satan was the quotation directly from the Bible without God. Now, we could look around and say, well, that's everyone but me, but it's us. Any area where we're not burnt up in the fire of the Shekinah God is an area where our belief systems are literally manure. Manure is great. It's the pitch of Noah's Ark. Manure can be a testimony of how you were once Saul, now you're Paul, in areas. And it's not all at once, like people say. It's gradual. It's an ever-increasing glory. And glory only comes from the written word, the Logos. Shekinah, 
the presence of His glory only comes through one thing, the Bible tells you, the Word of God. Now, we have Bibles galore. You have BibleGateway.com. You have 150 translations in your houses. But what is the measure of your house in the Shekinah? The brilliance, the brightness, the radiance. Are you squinty-eyed all day long because you can barely see when you're studying the Bible? And then your eyes adjust because the fire goes into your eyes because you're the temple of Shekinah. And now, whoo, everything. You can see colors. You can see into everyone's hearts. You can see all the angels. You can see all the demons. You can see with eye salve. What's the eye salve that you see? A higher glory. Come up here, purchase eye salve so that we can all be seers. Amen. A seer is an apostle ahead of the body of Christ. But he wants the whole body to be seers, which is apostolic, which is everyone purchasing ISAF, which means everybody having the baptism of fire on the top of the holy mountain of Zion with Moses and the Lamb, burning their human eye sockets out. Because you know what the problem is? Look around. People judge externally. Colossians 2, you judge wrongly. Psalms 82, you judge unrighteously. You are unrighteous judges. That's what the Bible says. And when you are in unrighteous judgment, judging externally, apart from Shekinah, which is the ophanim eyes of the living God, you are not accurate in your discernment and judgment. It is mere human judgment, which is what? Condemning the divine and making the human and the creature the divine through judgments. Sound like a lot of hypocrites? A lot of people that judge like that? People tune in and they just judge and they don't have any eyes, they don't have any salve, that the celestial cosmic realm of the Creator and His creation, it's not just blazing through their bodies like temples of Shekinah, Holy Ghost, they don't live with the angels like Enoch. They live with the animals in dog pens. So that it's everything unclean if it is not made clean by the word above. Clean and unclean, which isn't just Old Testament, it's New Testament, Jesus Christ, red letters. You're clean by the word I've spoken. If the word of God has made you clean, what's the evidence of the clean word? Shekinah, the glory. There will be a brightness. Your senses, five senses. What does that refer to? The Pentateuch, the five books of the Bible that most Christians hate. That's why they're so mentally ill. Christian mental illness is a thing, y'all. We've dealt with it severely, severely. We have seen, I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens of people over the years get locked up in mental institutes because they refuse to renew their mind to the Shekinah glory. Now, it's not God's fault. The devil is madness. He's a spirit of pride. He's a spirit of madness. He insists on his own interpretation of Scripture. That's why the devil's got a 100,000 denominations of Christianity right now. You think God's got a 100 denominations? 100,000 denominations? Do you think God's got... 150 different glory denominations? You think that's God? I tell you what, everything not God's about to be revealed for God is one. 
the evidence that the judgment of Elijah is that it restores the children to the Father, and the Father is one. One Father, one Holy Spirit. One interpretation of Scripture. And it ain't human. And it's not me or you or him or this apostle, that ministry or that ministry. It's the interpretation of the Holy Ghost glory cloud. I mean, the glory of the Spirit of glory knows how to teach the Bible. You have one teacher and he is Christ. And we say, oh, he's up in the third heaven so we can just interpret it all down here on earth. And we'll just do the best we can in our human ability. Christ in you, the hope of realizing the glory. So your interpretation of Scripture is Shekinah. When you begin to interpret accurately, fire will come out of your belly. Isn't that what Jesus said? John 7, 38, out of your bellies, Jesus said, would flow rivers of the Holy Spirit, living water, which is the glory of God. You see that very often? How many believers you know around the planet that are living in like 13 rivers of fire proceeding out of their belly on the mountaintop with Moses and continuous angelic experiences, constant confirmations that they're in the above realm, raining down, having dominion over social groups, governments, having dominion over sin, sickness, and disease, having dominion over sinners, having dominion over animals, creeping, crawling things, everything that flies above, everything that crawls below, and everything below that. The holy mountain comes with dominion. It comes with authority. It comes with power. It comes with glory. Not your own glory through self-righteousness, fading glory. You can look good in front of others in false light and deceive everyone. You ain't going to deceive the Holy Ghost and real apostles and prophets. The real glory is dependent on obedience and interpretation of Scripture. You know, it's all about doctrine. Now you can have fun with that because it's a lot of weird, goofy doctrine, theology stuff around here, around the earth and the earthly dimension. Bible colleges are practically apostate. They will teach you the absolute opposite thing of what the Holy Spirit's saying. I know, five years, North Central Bible College, downtown Minneapolis. How much of that I learned that I can use in actual Holy Ghost ministry? From what the professor said, probably about 1% is actually even true. Why do we go through these things? Why do we do these things? Through suffering, we're made perfect. There's an obedience of a path walking through the valley of the shadow of death, fearing no evil. So we can find the mountain and go up the holy mountain and be there. And once we're on the mountain, we know it works in the celestial with the angels. We know it don't work down in the terrestrial with the demons. The below world with the demonic, you've overcome. Now you're in the above world with the angelic, your lawgivers. Why? Because you're law keepers. What's a keeper of the law? One obedient to Holy Spirit. The fulfillment of all the law obedient to the resting tongues of fire, the commandment of Jesus Christ. He had filled them with his word for three and a half years. Then he filled them with fire. Mighty, rushing tongues of fire. And Peter, who was previously a coward, is now bold as a lion, preached 3,000, added unto their number that day, because they were filled 
with the fire of the cosmic word. They were filled from above. Tarry in Jerusalem until you receive the Spirit from where? The Bible tells you. On high. To be filled within requires an on high, most high God experience one time. You'll have more than one, but once. And then it's ascending and descending ever since because you have God now. The promise of the Holy Spirit is God living in this container. God living behind those eyeballs. God living through those eyeballs. God living on the other side of that skin. God living in human flesh. God likes to live inside you and me. That's the original design. And Holy Ghost is the down payment of future glory. It is written. First fruits. A deposit. You don't get the whole thing at first. You get a deposit, seed form. The whole thing's in the seed. The whole tree is inside the, t- the seed. But you get the seed only. If you're responsible in little things, it will grow to be bigger things. If you can handle seed glory, you might get burning bush glory. If you're unfaithful in the seeds of the words of Shekinah, you'll never have the burning bushes of Shekinah. You never trim branches. You never have pruning. You never have vineyards. There won't be the righteous oaks. There won't be the forest of Lebanon. There won't be the trees of righteousness and the trees of wisdom and the penetrating fragrance of the tree of life in its full fruition will be unknown until you're faithful in seed form. The test of this earth is gardening. Now, a greater word is more challenging to soil. It's like bonsai. I don't know if it's going to live. This is a hard thing to grow. You can buy them at Home Depot for 10 bucks. They die within a month on average in like 90% of homes. You have to prune it just right. If you don't water it, the correct sunlight, the thing dies. It's easy to start out. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It is easy to be born again. It's not hard. Nicodemus, be born from above by believing in Jesus Christ. If anyone confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart that Jesus is Lord, they shall be saved. Okay? Fire insurance. Now, fire insurance is likened to the Red Sea. They were commanded to not hang out or wander around the Red Sea in Moses' exodus. Jesus commanded them to get away from the Red Sea and make progress towards the Jordan and towards Canaan, toward the Promised Land. But they insisted on wandering around the Red Sea, which is what? When you first believe in Jesus in the blood, which is salvation fire insurance, It's not to belittle evangelism. If you become an evangelist of Zion in the promised land, you'll rapture people up into heaven. They'll be born in Zion versus born in the wilderness. You know why Christians are born in the wilderness, stay in the wilderness? Because all the evangelists are in the wilderness. All the prophets and apostles are in the wilderness. Teachers and pastors in the whole wilderness, hanging around by the Red Sea, established 2,000-year-old doctrine, doesn't challenge anyone except a gross darkness sinner. But once you have the blood and believe in the blood, the Passover lamb, 
and you get out of Egypt, which is all your sin, and you cross the Red Sea, you have the miracle, regeneration, translated from darkness into glory light, God commands you to stop wandering in the Word around the Red Sea. Holy Ghost. Ha, ha, ha. He wants you to first and foremost be tested on the mountain to see if you can honor the other mountain. How you do in Sinai, truth and yeah, which is dead letter, how you do with the word in seed form determines if you're going to like the fruitfulness of what it looks like in full growth, which is Zion's mountain of glory, the very personality of God the Father. If you don't like him on the mountain, you think you're going to like him in his full growth form? If you don't like Moses in the wilderness, will you like Jesus in the promised land? You realize most Christians have constructed a promised land Jesus that's no Jesus at all around their Red Sea wilderness. And then in their later lives and when they've been speaking and teaching and training the same exact teachings for 20, 30, 40 years and making excuses why the higher things of God they never mentioned in the Bible never happened in their churches or their ministries, they fade and die and go to glory. Usually the outer court because they died in the wilderness. Truth anyhow. The Bible teaches there is even an honor to the, the mountain that was in the wilderness that overcomes and conquers death. That during church age wilderness 2,000 years, you could find the mountain and conquer death. Where is that written? Deuteronomy 34. There was not one spot or wrinkle in Moses' face. The Torah, the Pentateuch, had conquered death. My opinion? Nope, that's Bible. So we got Christians here against the mountain in the wilderness, insisting on sheep sheds in the sand fighting the own wilderness mountain, fighting the teachings, and the purpose and the function of the mountain and the wilderness is purification. It's sanctification. We say Moses is the ministry of condemnation. Yes. Every drop of iniquity in your spirit be stripped out of you. The best you'll ever feel in your entire life. Do you understand that? That the law is for sinners. And we say, oh, that my sinful nature is taken away when I'm born again. It's absolutely not true. It's not true. I know there's a born again spirit. Your spirit has the God sperm genetics in it and that part of you. But the rest of you has not yet received circumcision. Circumcision was after. Truth anyhow. They were saved out of Egypt later on. They were circumcised as adults. The circumcision after conversion of the heart, Romans 2, to make you the Israel of God, Romans 2, it is written, that circumcision is the mark of Shekinah, which means I have room in my heart for the law, and you can call it the law of Moses, but it's the law of Jesus. Jesus was the one on the mountain. I'm not talking about Leviticus, don't have tattoos, nonsense. I'm speaking the language of wisdom for the mature. You're going to need wisdom to interpret all this. You can go have baby ministry somewhere else. We need wisdom. We need to communicate with angels. We need to talk like archangels. You need the wisdom of the ages. You need great wisdom. You need to interpret scripture much more deeply 
in the Shekinah glory to begin to unfold the written word, which is what causes it to be much more fruitful. It's called prophecy, sapphire pavement. Every day sapphire pavement can get thicker, wider for the roads of your thinking, acting, talking, moving, driving, whole life to be glorified. If the sapphire pavement is just a little hair from a white horse of a prophecy from 20 years ago, obviously you ain't walking it. You have one glimpse into sapphire pavement. God wants to make it every single path you walk on, every single road you physically drive on. Truth anyhow. He wants you to fly with the angels on earth as it is in heaven. That requires a much deeper interpretation of scripture. If you don't go into the depths of the word, the doors of the word, into the Shekinahs, Shekinahs, because the Bible says glory to glory, which is the interpretation of every verse of the Bible. Not just the shallow wading pool, which is tolerant, people-pleasing, Sunday morning Christianity, but the stuff that's like raging white water rapids that will kill you. Well, we don't go there in our church because nobody can swim around here because no one's ever gone deeper than ankle deep. Ezekiel 47, knee deep, waist deep, shoulder deep. I know for a fact that over the head ministry, which is the total annihilation of the human nature, the baptism of nations, is not acceptable in public ministry unless you're a total God pleaser and a freak of nature. They will not allow you in their churches to teach or speak if you get to that point in the river where no man can cross. Ezekiel 47. Cross. That's where all the Shekinah is. The place where there's no man. The mountaintop. Oh, that's where we want to be with Moses and the Lamb. We want to be with the Father's cloud. We want to be in the brightness of the Father. We want to hear the Father speak and live. We want to see the bright cloud of the Father. We need to see Moses. We need to see Elijah. And we need all of you to see Jesus Christ. This ain't optional at this level. This point in Christianity, it's not optional. And not just in a imagination, although that is honored. Not just by reading the Word and having warm, fluff, fluffy thoughts. We like that too. I'm glad that they're warm, fluffy thoughts. Philippians 4 says, meditate on things above warm, fluffy realms. You can think about feathers and fountains and all of that. That's good. That's totally kosher. The issue is we want the blazing brilliance of the King of Shekinah burning our eye sockets out in real encounters that will unfold the Word to recreate this planetary system. To reform, refashion the earth because it's fallen. On earth as it is in heaven, so the entire purpose of prayer and practicing the presence of God is to have an earth where righteousness dwells. A heaven where righteousness dwells. It's the pinnacle of Peter's apostleship, one of the apostles of the Lamb. A melting down of the elements by the fire of God. Now we say, oh, just fire, give me fire, fire. Fire is your interpretation to the Bible. Your current measure of flames, Shekinah fire, is the exact portion you believe accurately the Logos written word. Nothing more, nothing less. God has made this the same before everyone. If you interpret it the way that I intended it, you'll live in the measure of glory where it came from. 
If you don't, they'll be in different degrees. Gray matter, a mixture of you and your human interpretation called doctrines of men, which is human interpretation of scripture or individual interpretation of prophecy, versus how about the doctrine of the chief apostle, Hebrews 9.11, Jesus Christ of our faith. I think Jesus believes some deep mystical stuff. The Bible says the mystic mystery, nothing more mystical, the mystic mystery is Christ. We're like, oh man, I thought it was going to be something cooler than that. It's Jesus, stupid. It's the Lord. Now it's just unfolding him within you and be folded into one. Now Moses is the bridegroom's friends, friends of the bridegroom. Moses' company, Revelation 15, standing with the lamb on the top of the mountain. Moses is the only man in the Bible called the friend of God. It's the highest calling in life. So what comes first, first now before great harvest, which is what God the Father is trying to produce with everyone in the earth right now that believes in Jesus Christ, is to produce friends of the bridegroom. Now, what is a friend of the bridegroom? Nothing less than Moses himself. Same integrity, same honesty, same awe and fear of God and zero awe and fear of man or woman or anything else. I mean, Moses was brutal. He did not care what anyone thought. He didn't care what Pharaoh thought. He didn't care what the slave drivers were thinking. You're not going to find a man in Scripture that had less fear of man than Moses. But not only that was he fearless, he had incredible humility. The humility of Moses <laughs> is what we all need. We need the humility of Moses, and then we also need the wisdom of Moses. The interpretation of Moses' Pentateuch to sing the Song of Moses, which is a requirement for anyone that overcomes anything. And I know in hyper-grace universalism out here, they just have a huge problem with that. They're wrong. They're devils. That's Cain's Christianity. It'll all burn away when the real remnant that loves Shekinah doesn't care about what form it comes in, just wants it to be God and really, really Jesus Christ accurately and desires a greater razor-sharp accuracy. And I know there's a remnant. And I believe that remnant's actually quite big in America. The people that just want Christ and Him crucified. They want sound doctrine. Even if it's a little wild. Even if it's just blazing glory. And even if it caused Korah's rebellion to go to hell alive with weeping and gnashing of teeth before the whole congregation. There's people in churches that are praying for Korah to be swallowed up through their church floors. You know it's true. <laughs> God might answer those prayers. They're called Florida sinkholes. They've swallowed up whole houses before. They look down there and it's just gone. It's like 50 feet down and it keeps on going. And people have been sleeping in those houses when they're eaten up into the underworld. Hallelujah. Kumbaya. <laughs> now, we don't pray for people to just die for no reason. We want the iniquity to die by God's righteousness. I mean, there's a wisdom here. Anger out of control is Moses' rashness. He struck the rock. He was frustrated with Israel. 
And the same striking of the rock is what he was struck with and killed by the angel. So rashness is severe sin. You're not to harm God's sheep. But if there's flies on the sheep, oh my God, if there are maggots being laid on the sheep's brain, if there are wolves and tigers and bears, it's open season on enemies. Always has been, always will be. The problem is there's such a mixture in most people when the sword of the Lord strikes down upon them, they're so interwoven with the spirits and with the different sins and the different character qualities and personalities and attributes of the flesh instead of the spirit. They take it personally. They get offended everywhere. Offense is always the evidence of a stronghold of Satan in your life. 100% of the time. If you're ever offended... It's, it doesn't matter if it's good, bad, and ugly to offend you. It could be Jesus or it could be a demon. If you're offended, there's a stronghold. I keep my righteous one in perfect peace. So there's a, a prince of peace that keeps you and seals you so that nothing shall by any means harm you or steal your peace. So a lack of peace is a lack of revelation with the presence of strongholds and behavior patterns that are just all off, belief systems that are wrong. And there's addictions and there's sins and there's specks and planks in our eyes and God wants to burn it all out. That's how he's going to take us out of the wilderness. This is the promised land generation and it's brutal. Just like it was with Exodus, now we're doing it supernaturally into the cosmic realm for eternity, the path of Enoch, for a far off and remote generation for when all the wicked are to be removed, which is the valley of iniquity, the valley of the shadow of death, which means anyone that remains terrestrial and rejects the celestial will be swallowed up in Korah's rebellion. That's really the moral of the story tonight. Anyone that rejects Enoch's door, which is Revelation 4.1, rejects going higher in their current belief systems and settles for complacent satisfaction, Psalms 82, the foundations of the world will swallow them up. And Moses will be your judge. And when we say Moses, people often think the law. What it is, is the explanation of creation. Moses, in the Genesis account of how everything was made by God, Jesus Christ, the Word. He created everything in the beginning. He was with God in the beginning. He is fully God. The Word made everything and sustains it. Jesus Christ is the sustainer of everything. So it's going to be the explanation of creation that causes their destruction in the terrestrial because they've rejected the celestial. Come on, somebody. That's exactly how it's going on. Like the days of Noah, they refused to go into the ark, which is go up higher, into the realm of Shekinah, which is an interpretation of the Bible that is the fully manifest glory of God through God's exact belief systems, which is agreeing with God. The spirit of truth will lead you into all truth. What is the spirit of truth? Interpretation of the apostolic doctrine, of the epistles, of the crazy last book of the Bible, Revelation, which everyone has an opinion on and their grandma. But the Bible says it requires great wisdom. Let him who has great wisdom interpret this. Exactly what it says. Great wisdom is first family. Great wisdom is referred to Kenan who taught all the paths and ways of the sun and the moon and the stars. Now you say that in any church, they will freak out and call it new age, but that is actually the truth. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. These people are anti-Enoch. You know who's the most anti-Enoch person who ever lived? I got Facebook jail for this one. Adolf Hitler. 
Adolf Hitler, one of his main goals, you could say kill the Jews, was also kill the Book of Enoch. Do you realize it was outlawed everywhere he conquered? That was one of his top priorities. Why did one of the most evil antichrists who've ever lived hate that book so much? Because the fallen angels who controlled those murderers knew that a righteous generation was coming. That they're not going to be able to kill with wars and rumors of wars like World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan. They're going to actually overcome the warmongering of Satan. They're going to overcome the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers. They're going to overcome the deep state. They're going to overcome the Luciferian families behind the scenes in their Freemason lodges and their dark sorceries. They're going to expose everything the fallen angels have been doing. It's called the wisdom of the ages, which means how everything in the world actually works. And they're going to make it simple for kindergartners to understand, which really freaks demons out because they want to keep it locked up in secret and super mystical. So you have to have a doctorate in divinity. Otherwise, you can't be on the board of directors. And it's all about what you know and not about how much you glow, which means you don't know it all. You're in darkness. So there is a, a, a generation here, predestined for ordained from God, that will expose and destroy. Now, Jesus Christ taught about exposing and destroying. He said, everything hidden in darkness will be brought into light. Everything whispered in secret shall be shouted from the rooftop. Which means there has to be a bringing into the light, then a shouting of the archangel. A blasting of a silver trumpet. An explanation, a teaching, a preaching of what the heck is going on around here. It has to be brought out of darkness into glory light. So first and foremost, you got to boil them from below. As it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the second coming of the Son of Man. I'm coming through you before I come to you. The Lord Jesus Christ remains in heaven to the restoration of all things. Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking up into the heavens? This same Jesus is going to come in a like manner. He's going to come through you. He's going to come through woman, which represents in prophetic souls. He's going to come through souls. Tarry in Jerusalem until you receive the Spirit, until He comes through your souls. Don't do anything until you get the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. And He came through their souls. He came through woman. The guys have a problem with that because, you know, guys, the church was run by guys for thousands of years. Your soul is still a woman, guys. That's why you're the bride of Christ. True, Daniel. And there's no cross-dressing and no confusion. There's no gender identity issues around here. It's rock-solid Bible and Shekinah. Logos and presence. Without presence, Logos is sealed. You're dead anyhow, no matter how good you are externally. When the Logos is revealed, the revealing of Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ, it's the manifest Shekinah. You will feel it. It'll consume your senses. You'll taste and see the Lord is good. Any lesser interpretation or food after you've eaten solid meat for the mature won't even whet your appetite. You're ruined for anything else, and that's what God wants you to do. Ruin your lower appetite for lower interpretation, come up the mountain, be here, and begin to interpret with Moses. Begin to interpret with the chief apostle, Jesus, the Lamb, and be on the holy mountain, which is Zion, the mountain of the Holy Ghost, and unfold the mysteries and the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. They've been given to you, to who love him, who obey him, who honor him, who have no plan B, who are recklessly abandoned. What was the prerequisite for Peter, James, and John to be on the mountain of transfiguration? 
the holy mountain Peter calls it in his epistle, reckless abandonment and complete and total devotion. He wasn't worried about his wife. Have my kids had three square meals today? How's my fishing business in Galilee? Nothing. It's like straight up Jesus only. I'm just freaking up here burning, consumed, hearing God just messed up on the light of God. That was the prerequisite. To be on the mountain, which is all mountaintop teaching, any standard lower than that is just sin. We need to have the standard of the full brilliance of God the Father, otherwise it's just there's no standard in the body of Christ. The standard is mountaintop Shekinah teaching of the Logos revealed, which means you will go into encounters, it's immediately activated in your spirit, your angelic spirit gets upgraded, new creatures in Christ are acting like creatures in Christ instead of carnal Christians, and there's a total transformation, glory to glory, when the mountaintop word comes forth. Now, when you're mountaintop, Holy Ghost, you are in the realm of the friends of the bridegroom. You are in the realm of the heavenly Sanhedrin. You are in the realm of the government of God. Amen. Genesis 1.16 God made the two great lights. The greater light to govern. Govern, govern, govern. Day, lesser light. Govern, govern, govern govern night and he also made the stars genesis 1 16. now interesting passage in john's revelation the son becomes the father as you grow from glory to glory as overcomers as you sing the song of moses and the lamb and jesus becomes the moon you realize that's what it says they'll no longer need the moon because the lamb of god will be their moon it's exactly what it says They'll no longer need the sun because God the Father will be their sun, shine. It's exactly what it says. What kind of people are operating in that kind of light? Basic overcomers, y'all. Real Christians. Real Christians that believe the letter and allow the Holy Ghost to interpret it wildly. Outside of man's senses and outside of man's reasoning and outside of every seminary of Satan in the world. Amen. Outside of the control systems of everything earthly. If it's earthly, it's guaranteed demonic. Just burn it as a manure pile. It's wrong. I don't care how good it looks in the earthly. Unless it's a mirror, a moon like Jesus, of the celestial, of the Father, it's as fake as fake gets. And the biggest deception out here is this potent sorcery, which is charismatic external perfection that has the appearance of glory, but is actually full-blown Luciferian iniquity, Cain's Christianity. This is where the judgment is today. Towards all false representation of a people looking for God, but not being able to find Him in what is described in New Testament experiences because of charismatic Pharisees blocking the way. Now, we're all Pharisees until we get burnt up. We can blame Saul and Paul, but Saul and Paul is everyone until we're burnt up by the man of fire on the road to Damascus, which is whatever road you're on right now. Whatever road you're traversing, encountering God, destroying 
your sensory system, your judgment system, your belief system is not just, oh, a big epiphany for a big apostle. It's basic entry salvation to be accurate in anything of the things of God. It's not just the apostolic conversion. You have to all come off your horses. Pale horse, red horse, black horse, yellow horse, which is what? You in control, ruling that body through your judgment systems. Unless you let the glory, white throne, judge you now, you can never have true Shekinah authority, Shekinah dominion, Shekinah power. None of it. You will never operate in true heavenly Sanhedrin. At best, you will be earthly Sanhedrin, which always murders the prophets. Always. Look at John the Baptist, the Elijah Jesus said. Just chopped his head off. Earthly government. Man's interpretation. Man's little systems that he does down here and calls them God. God put me here. And they're like, honor God's authority. Well, the angel didn't. The Bible says the angel cut open his stomach and his bowels poured out and he was eaten by worms. I honor the angel. You should too, if you want to live. Every person successful in scripture obeyed angels. Joseph, oh, the boy's going to die. Herod's killing all the babies. Guess what he did? Obeyed an angel. Mary promises from God, oh, God's going to visit me himself. Nope. God sent Gabriel. I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. Blessed are you for believing this word. The bright cloud shall overshadow and you shall be with child. The bright cloud. Hallelujah. How many of y'all know? The intensification of the Shekinah glory cloud, your pavilion, your dome, your refuge, your armor of light, all of that comes when you believe and obey God only. <clears throat> Not biblical angels oh, it might be an angel of light yeah two two out of three times it'll be an angel of light that's right one out of three it'll be an angel of light that's wrong how will you know test every spirit did jesus come in the flesh ah! <laughs> and the holy angels will always smile they will rejoice that you test them. Righteousness is not this flimsy walking on eggshells. Oh, don't offend anything. People pleasing demon that you tolerate in the church of iniquity. Iniquity is sinning with your spirit because you're not celestial. Truthania. Holy angels are tough. They've watched the fall. They've watched the destruction of man on earth. They see how much deceptions down here, how much false Christianity is down here, tolerated as real Christianity. They've watched the thief come in, steal, kill, and destroy for every generation. They hope you test them. So when you're walking in a pure heart, sexual purity, with no guile and no greed for any gain except God's treasure house, the purity of your heart for the things of God qualifies you for encounter. Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord? Clean hands pure hearts and not lifting themselves up which is idolatry there's no self-promotion angels have to lift you up god sends angels to you every single time you're promoted there is awesome angel power sent to minneapolis to the remnant here 
to promote the church of Minneapolis today. It's like a completely different city. It is so different, so wonderful, such an increase of cleanliness in the celestial realm. Down below, it'll all burn up. Don't worry about that. I know people that aren't above are all concerned below, but you cleanse below by being from above, and the above is birthed through your bellies and cleans the below. So out of your bellies flows rivers of judgment. But until you have a clean above, you cannot have a clean below because the spirit God's placed in you is from above. Which means the more celestial you become, the cleaner your terrestrial shall become. It is a principle of above and below, not of the apostles, of Jesus. Born above, and you got to stay above. But who has bewitched you to go below to practice a spirituality from below? Jezebel, your arch nemesis, the false prophetic of charismatic external perfection with signs, miracles, and wonders that are all lying. What's lying about them? That you are not actually in the cosmos. Devils are robbing your inheritance. You just get the freak show down on earth and call it revival. Truth anyhow. When you begin to have the creator's station of Moses and Aaron on the mountain with the lamb, and you begin to be in the celestial sphere with Enoch, with Elijah, with all the angels. Then you begin to have the inheritance of the Lamb. Revelation 5.10, they shall rule and reign with me for a thousand years. Where? Amplified Classic. From the heavenly angelic sphere, the overcomer's realm. It's a real place. It's called above the sun. It's the path of Enoch. That's why the door has to open up Malachi chapter 4. The son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings and beams. Amplified Classic. Wings. Yep, more angelic, beams, more stars. The order and the government of the creation station is the order and the government of angels and their stars. God created the stars, Genesis 1, and their hosts, angels. Two-thirds good, one-third bad. Don't worry about the bad. You have Prince Michael with you if you rise, and he will keep striking down Satan with lightning. We wrestle with what? Principalities, powers, thrones, dominion, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, which means you have to be a celestial, heavenly, above the sun, righteous Christian who's taken the holy mountain through clean hands and a pure heart through the sun into that dimension in order to wrestle principalities. That's what scripture says. They're in heavenly places. Greek word, cosmos, celestial, which means your terrestrial wrestling doesn't do anything it might do something for you it might sound good on sunday morning when you preach because you wrestle the demon down in the dirt a dog demon a rat demon but the real power scripture says are the principalities powers thrones dominions in heavenly cosmic regions this is how celestial bodies will be shaken not to be confused with peter and jude's honoring of celestial bodies which are celestial christians bodies of celestial interpretation of scripture which has all the shekinah in it, the pavilion of glory which is the tabernacle of david that's coming forth now that dimension of glory is what you want to honor because those are the heads of the body of christ those are the real apostles and prophets doing something in the cosmic realm which automatically transfers through the belly into the terrestrial realm it's the womb original design 
Adam had a womb. Womb came out of Adam. It was called womb man. Woman. Truthania, which means the ability to birth was taken out of Adam. Second Adam came into you. You better believe you got your womb back. Now you're not birthing babies. You're birthing glory. You're birthing John 7:38 rivers of fire. You're birthing Shekinah. You're birthing mansions and dwelling places of glory that will be a shelter from the scorching heat. Isaiah 4, it is written. Tabernacles. You're birthing tabernacles. You're birthing what David's apostolic coverings. You're birthing celestial realms, Goshen's, refuge cities, through your wombs only if you're cosmic. And only if your holiness, integrity, and humility and wisdom is likened unto Moses, the friend of God, because only the friends of the bridegroom can do this work, which are the true end times apostles. Truth anyhow. The remnant that comes forth, and it ain't going to be just 12, y'all. There was 22 in the New Testament. I believe there'll be like 100,000. Bob Jones says a billion will get into these realms and become overcomers. And live celestial. And they'll be young at a hundred. They overcome death. Truth in You know how much harvest it's going to take to harvest all these souls that will come into true Shekinah, real apostolic Christianity that you've never known in any previous generation since Jesus Christ. Truth in It's going to take all hands on deck. But we haven't matured the apostolic with apostolic callings to the point of being totally cosmic. First family wisdom. Canaan. Enoch, understanding the book of Enoch is a requirement, by the way, not just individual interpretation, the corporate Enoch company interpretation with the 12 portals of the sun, which is the ephod of the new covenant, which is celestial government, the government of God, creation station, ruling and reigning the above, therefore ruling and reigning the below. And right now, it's all shifting. A lot of what you're seeing in the nations right now, will end in this, is the above realm of the thieves of Cain's bloodline, which are all the sorcerers and all the, the warmongers and the thieves and the robbers and the religionists, all of that which is Cain, their fathers, the Satans, through their sorcerers, the sons and daughters of Cain, the offspring of Cain, and all their demons and devils that oppress and do harm and, and cause sickness and disease and trouble and kill, steal, and destroy and add to Cain's families of wickedness. And that's why the wicked have all the power and the wealth right now. It's because of Cain. That's Cain's seed that it's matured into what it is right now. Truth anyhow, that stuff is what has ruled nations. And they have stolen the heavens and the earth. Peter says we're going to have a new heavens and a new earth. Understanding through righteousness, through Moses and the Lamb, through Enoch and the apostles, and Elijah, that we are going to have to learn these cosmic ways and get over the paranoia and fear of mixing it with what Cain's bloodline did in that realm, which is abominations of sorcery beyond anything you can imagine. The sexual morality, the pedophilia, the murder, the warmongering, the creating of chaos on purpose just to manipulate. I mean, it is far worse than even what Joe Reagan is saying. It's far worse than Alex Jones could imagine. Truth in here. Because it's demons. And demons don't like to be exposed and brought into light. You can see corruption. You can see a little bit on the surface level. But let me just tell you, it's trillions of times worse in the invisible world. What they look like, what they're doing, their plans, their intentions. 
it's worse than you can humanly imagine because they're devils and they rank in evil in different ranks of evil Woo! all of it will be terminated when we get a people practicing righteousness and hating wickedness because only through righteousness can you be a demonstration of divine love without the mixture of people pleasing and false agape and false love and satan's unconditional love which is what most churches practice and has nothing to do with righteousness has nothing to do with the mountain of the lord the shekinah is far from that garbage it's a false representation of god's standard we need to represent the throne accurately like the angels you want angel-like presence angelic ecstasy angelic glory angelic realities overcomers luke chapter 20 the bible says they are the children of the resurrection, the angel-like sons of God. It's exactly what the Bible says. Angel-like sons of God, children of the resurrection. You want those realms. You're going to have to hate what Prince Michael hates, which is a lot of stuff. And he's angry constantly. And he's not one of these happy, clappy, new wine angels that everyone's into nowadays. I mean, it's, it's rage on a level that will cause your veins to break out of your skin. You can't handle it. And it's the wrath of the Lamb. And Christians are just not prepared for that. The warring angels will give you a heart attack and a brain aneurysm. You're not yet mature enough to handle the war company. You think you are. I'm telling you, the mountaintop prepares you for that. <laughs> the Shekinah judgment of having your senses burned out of your skull prepares you for angelic reality 24-7. And you can live in these places. They're available today. It's required today that you rise and challenge yourself in a greater glory every single day. Pick up your cross, follow me, following the spirit of truth in the greater truth, which means the higher angelic truth. Further and further away from animal interpretation, which is human interpretation, which is blasphemy, the voice of the beast. Getting further and further away from human doesn't mean you're not around humans. It means that your inside is totally Shekinah, completely angelic. You're a temple of the above cosmic Shekinah with the Father's level of interpretation. Then all this stuff down below will be revealed. Didn't Paul say that? The hearts of all men shall be revealed. That's the day of great judgment. That's the day of our great gladness. When everyone's invisible inner man is brought to the outside and judged by the manifest overcoming sons of God who have brought all the light of the heavenlies down to the earth and the earth shall shine forth seven times brighter it is written and they will shine forth as the sun s-u-n in the kingdom of their father Jesus Christ red letters amen righteousness always practices the original law of the first family's wisdom, which is luminaries. Takes back the sun. You take back the sun. You take back the moon. You take back the nine planetary systems in your solar system. Guess what? Satan will have no ability to deceive, to kill, to steal, to destroy in this earth. They'll call you every name in the book. They'll call you sorcerers, witches. They call us every single name every day when we've been pioneering these things the last 17 years of full-time ministry. What they won't call you is righteous because that's what it is. That's what the angels call it. But you'll have all the angels with you. You'll have God the Father with you. You'll see Jesus often. You'll meet with Moses. You'll know Elijah. And it won't be figment of imagination. It'll be in blazing fire, mountaintop to mountaintop, in chariots of fire in signs and wonders and effortlessly 
You'll be carried by the cloud. You'll be Shekinah cloud riders. You'll live in chariots of fire. Your mansion, your house, will be a manifest Shekinah presence, beaming within and around all the time. If you get into these things and pioneer these realms, you will live in the fullness of God's glory, and the judgments that are coming will not touch you. Psalms 91. Amen. You cannot be touched by the enemy if you're living in the Son, S-U-N. Jesus is Son. Truth and yeah. The Bible says no divination works against Jacob. Sorcery, witchcraft, iniquity, carnal Christianity, Cain's Christianity, word curses, witchcraft prayers, everything done in the name of God that's not God, will not work against those in Jacob. Now the Bible says they'll eat the inheritance of Jacob. What's the inheritance of Jacob? Joseph's dream? The son. Scripture. The son was Jacob in Joseph's dream. Rachel was the moon. Twelve tribes. Stars. Constellations. Keeping of time. Sons of Issachar. Knowing the times and the seasons. Four seasons. Every day. Flying around. In glory plains with all the inheritance of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, with all the wisdom of Shem, who discipled Abraham for 39 years after the floods. Noah's son. And Abraham was discipled by Noah directly, by the way. It's written in the book of Jasher, which was considered scripture in Jesus' day. Later on, uh, Luciferians took it out of the Bible. We often follow the Luciferians because we were ignorant. All that stuff's coming back because it works. The demons took the stuff out of the Bible because it works. And they were scared about you getting that powerful. All the cosmic celestial stuff that you needed, they tried to destroy. Book of Enoch. Enoch was canonized scripture for 500 years. That's 25% of all the times of Christianity. You know that? Enoch was right after Revelation. You'd have Revelation than Enoch. In every single Bible, in every single belief system of every house, church, in the whole world, Enoch is Bible. It is Bible. It is Scripture. And you believe it, you'll see the fruit is the same as believing Colossians, Ephesians, Galatians, and Philippians. Truth anyhow. You'll know them by their fruit. The Word of God will always bear forth the fire of God's holy Shekinah, and you will live in the cloud, you will live in the fire, and you will ascend in the cloud, and the cloud will lift you up. Heavenly Father, I thank you for a people that will jump on the cloud and burn and be lifted up as the cloud refines their belief systems, refines their spirit from all iniquity, refines their soul from all sin, and refines their flesh from all transgression. Clean, clear, Shekinah temples filled with fresh glory through the fire of the Logos written word spoken in Jesus' name. Amen. Honoring the word of God comes with cheerful giving. Truth in you. Now don't close your hearts right away. Hallelujah. Just remember as you give today, you spell hundred T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>
Amen.